Welcome to the very first episode of the brand new Stars of Stadia. Some of you may remember this started as a section in the original pre-recorded Stadia Rocks in which a special guest would answer questions for a couple of minutes. In this new rebooted Stars of Stadia though, I will be interviewing a well-known Stadia content creator for an hour or so while we play a leisurely game of their choice. Think of it as carpool karaoke for gamers. I'm really pleased that my very first guest on the new Stars of Stadia will be my good friend and Stadia Rocks buddy, Ray Sherrod, a.k.a. Ray3473. Hey, Ray, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Rock. It is such a pleasure to be on the very first uh, reboot show. Thank yeah. you. Well, I feel like this is going to be a really easy job for me because you're one of those people with literally a million stories. Before we get into those, though, what game yeah. have you chosen for us to play today? Well, you know what? Uh, I, one of my favorites, and I, I thank you because uh, Rockstar has got me back into it, and that's uh, Destiny 2. It's a great game, I know, and uh, I, it's been fun watching you uh, coming along on Fridays and playing with us, as you say, in Rockstars at night, and seeing you go, wow, I've rediscovered Destiny, it's great fun. What I thought we'd do, Ray, is because we've, we've, you know, we've got some time, but not masses, I thought we'd maybe do a strike, because the great thing about Destiny strikes is you can almost do them with your eyes closed, and then that gives me an opportunity to have a chat with you. So. Sure. Let me fire that up. Folks at home, you'll be watching me doing this, which is all the wonders of technology. We won't do a nightfall because that'll be embarrassing, but we will <laughs> do a strike and we're off. Right, so no idea what strike it's going to be. That's the beauty of Destiny. And uh, while that's kicking up now, interestingly enough, given your choice of gamer tag, uh, it, I think would be appropriate for us to start right at the very beginning because, of course, 3473 is your birthday. Exactly. I was um, at an Xbox event and they were setting up the uh, game tags and they said, what did your game tag want to, you know, I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, what's your name, Ray? And she says, well, you got it. Maybe you can, I don't know, add some numbers or something to it. And that's how I came up with, oh, wait a minute, my birthday, March 4th. And I was born in 1973. Yes, people, I'm in my late 40s. I'm old. I'm an old gamer. <laughs> no, the thing is, is as, you, as you know, Ray, I uh, do Eclipse. I think just about everybody, uh, particularly in the Stadia community from age. And interestingly enough, I remember 1973 because that year my family were emigrating to, uh, to Australia. So it was one of those life-changing events that, uh, you know, kind of sticks with you forever. But what was your sort of, what was your sort of first memory as a kid? Just my dad being in a Navy uniform and heading to work, going out the door. So that was because uh, that's the that's the thing that um, people may not know, but you're very much from a military family. Yeah, just playing playing with my. Uh, I remember uh, having some Star Wars action figures and just playing. My mom having me on the floor and playing, and then the, my dad um, coming home and picking me up. I was going to say, I thought I could hear your dad coming in, but I think it's my family coming home. So <laughs> what goes around comes around. <laughs> so, you, so your dad was in was in the Navy. Um, yes, he was. And presumably, uh, like, like most military men, um, from his childhood, from, from the point when he was old enough to, to join the military. Yep. Uh, ever since he was, I think he was in there since he was 18 is when he joined. He joined when he was young. Uh, I seen an old picture of him uh, when he was like 
And he says, he, he, I remember him telling me, yep, I was 18 years old. Scared. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So so he joins the Navy, and then three years yeah. later, a little Ray arrives. A little exactly. Ray of sunshine. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you wow, know, my, so. my, my mother's birthday is March 3rd. I was almost born on my mom's birthday, but uh, I, I, I just went past midnight and hit March 4th, but... My dad really wanted me to be born and on my mom's birthday. I almost did it. Oh. So there you are. Your, your dad is, is what, 20 when you, when you come along. So he's very much a young dad. Um, presumably your mum is a similar age. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I make a big assumption there, but uh, typically that's, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, and, you know, there's this young family. There, uh, he's being uh, posted all over the world at this point, Ray, or was he still in, in training? Um, all over the world <laughs> and the United States. Of course, because that's a, that's certainly, I know when we've spoken in the past, I think that's one of the big abiding memories for you as a child is, is the fact that you literally lived wherever the Navy posted your dad. So it could yeah. have been anywhere yeah. uh, in Europe or you know, even in Asia. I, I, Cuba. I, one of probably one of my favorite places was uh, Cuba um i remember going to the beach uh man um small little crabs would crawl all over the place all (laughs) over the base were you always confined to the bases or were you able to kind of mix with the no see that that was the beautiful thing man is that you can go outside the bases and one thing my dad taught me was other uh, learning other cultures other languages Mm. and the food and um that that's that's why I love traveling to other places because the food and the people and learning other people's cultures and also in school you would learn about their cultures as well and so I thought that was really great um, being stationed in Guam the people um, they're called Chamorros so you would learn their food which their food they were known for red rice you could go and it they you could go in they call you brother come on they didn't care where you from who you were they would fix you a plate of food and and you were part of the family you know wow so and would i didn't say even, ray that was one of your favorite places cuba because i know you stayed I, I would i would say guam was probably my favorite uh place Mm-hmm. Um, I went to private school. I had to go to a Catholic private school, mm-hmm. and um, just just the kids on the base, uh, like there would be a new kid, and they would be scared and like, "Hey, where are you from?" It was amazing, and it was a good time. I mean, I I, I absolutely love the seventies, and um, you know, it's it's I guess everybody that grew up in a particular period st- says the same thing but there was still a level of innocence and there was still it a level was. of after world war ii and so on oh man i used to l- watch the fonz <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i love watching um oh my god i watched a lot of um sci-fi um god what was it battlestar galactica yeah i used to watch a lot of um doctor who did you oh, wow. oh my god yeah you'd be Dude, yeah. love me some Doctor Who. I loved. Uh... Oh, what else? I remember watching Sesame Street. Watched a lot of that when I was young. God, I grew up watching that. I don't know if you guys remember Mr. Rogers. It's yeah. Well, we never got Mr. Rogers. 
with his oh neighborhood. We we got yeah. Sesame Street, and right. I mean, I did watch. I knew about Mr. Rogers, of course, and because um, I'm quite interested in American culture, but also obviously the recent uh, Tom Hanks film, um, which was absolutely superb. I but, grew up. Uh, we certainly had Sesame Street. Grew up watching Mr. Rogers when I was a child, and it was even also overseas. So uh-huh. when I was young, that's what I used to watch. But your um, eventually your dad was was posted in in Europe, um, and I know you spent some time. My my here. dad my dad um, he was in uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see where else a lot, lot of Asia, Middle East. Um, there's a picture of my, I remember my dad on a camel uh, in front of a pyramid, <laughs> which was strange. And he poor and he says those your legs. People shouldn't ride on camels because they stretch your legs. <laughs> it's not like a, I mean, it's not like a horse, you know? No, no, they're huge. Cam- aren't camels, they're you, called you ships get... of the desert for a reason. The size of battle tanks. <laughs> it stretches your legs out, you know? My dad, it's kind of like me, short and stocky. Would you say, I mean, as a kid, Ray, were you, were you someone that surrounded themselves with friends and, and, you know, different people, or were you more of a sort of a loner and, um, nah, I love, I love when I got, as I got older, I just wanted to play with kids. I mm-hmm. wanted to be around other kids and hi, my name is Ray. Where are you from? And find out where they're from. And, and it was, it was great. It was really great. Just a bunch of kids running on the bases. I think it's fair to say, it sounds like you had a good childhood. I had a, I had a great, I had a young, young childhood. It was very fun. Hmm. Not so much as you got older. Um, as I got older, you know, my dad got stricter. So, so my dad, you know, he was military. Like, mm. make up your bed. Don't say yes to yes, sir. Um, he did not want me around bad kids and stuff like that. And he was very protective as I gotten older. But I was he, really a good kid. Yeah, you know, I did, I like, gave him no no uh, I reason to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, stay in the yard. Uh, I would play in the yard, but then sometimes, you know, as I as I got older, I, I was able to play and you know go play with other kids. But he was when I was young, I couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> couldn't go was, anywhere. Was he uh, was he in the military until he retired, Ray? Yes. So yeah, so I mean, literally all your childhood uh, and yep. your adult, you know, presumably even until you got married. I mean, married. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I got married, nah, he he got out right before I got married. Okay, but you know what though, I I thank him because, um, because of my upbringing and my mom. My mom, she when we would go somewhere, my mom would teach uh preschool. So at certain places, she would she would teach like kindergarten and preschoolers. And my dad, you know, my mom was, I was a mama's boy. So I was very close to my mom. Mm. (laughs) Then my dad, I I think sometimes my dad says something, I go run and cry to my mom. But with all the moving around, did it, did it affect your schooling at all? It did. I have to say it did. I remember probably the worst time was when I was in the third grade, believe it or not, I moved four different times in my third grade year, four Mm. times. Um, we were in uh, Florida, North Carolina. Um, God, where else was I? I was in Providence, Rhode Island. 
in uh, Boston. And these were all um, schools affiliated with the military, so they were private schools. Some, some, some were uh, on the bases and some mm-hmm. was not. Some schools were advanced. Some schools were not. So you would, <laughs> you would go somewhere and you would be advanced and then they would take you back. And then you it was just it was horrible. So I do remember third grade. I did have to go to summer school. They told me, hey, if you want to, you know, make it to the fourth grade, you got to go to summer school and take some classes. Oh, and I wow. did. And I, and I eventually I passed. My mom was a huge help with that, um, you know, and I felt bad. I was like, I don't want to be held back. It's not my fault. You guys move around. <laughs> You know, and so um, it can kind of have an impact on on your self esteem and your self confidence, I guess. It did, and it, yeah. it had a huge, very that you said that, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you so you you went to college. I um, went to Laney College. I wanted to learn broadcasting. Oh wow! Um, and I went to Alameda College to learn about history. I love history, mm. um, so. I was it was weird because I wanted to be uh, like a TV producer or a broadcaster. And so Laney College had one of the best. It's in Oakland, downtown Oakland, had one of the best broadcasting studios. So I learned how to work in a studio, work in the soundboards, um, filming. I used to film uh, classical bands and rock bands and certain plays and stuff working a big you know the giant cameras and yeah film having a director in your ear telling you to how to you know zoom in zoom out turn right turn left um that was very fun and i that's what i wanted to do that's what i put in my uh when i graduated in the high school book it said seniors what do you want to do and i wanted to be in uh tv and broadcasting and but Sometimes life change and it didn't, I didn't, uh, had to, um, I was living on my own. And so I ended up working in a bakery and I kind of had to, I had, I ended up, they hired, they needed a dishwasher boy. And so I got hired to wash dishes and ended up being the manager and baker. (laughs) So I, I was managing when I was 18 and, and baking. And so it kind of took me out of school. I focused more on the store than the education. And then Mm. later on, I got into the jewelry business and they asked me, hey, we want to pay for you to become a gemologist. We'll pay for it. But you got to put in years. And so I did. I put in, I think, 18 years. (laughs) Wow. But that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge complete step to the left versus the whole kind of broadcast dream i mean you know what at what point did you just think ah, there's no way i'm gonna make it if i if i try and get into broadcasting i just um i i just work it was hard i was being on my own and mm. it's tough being on your own and going to school because i was paying school myself okay and so um i just happened to be in a mall i was in a store and some i heard somebody yell hey stop him and the guy was running out of a jewelry store, and uh, I just say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna call security." And um, the owner of the place came up and says, "Hey, I appreciate you calling the security. Hey, what do you do? You know?" And I told him what I do, yeah. and he says, "How would you like a real job? And it'll change your life forever." 
And so he gave me a card, did an interview, and he says three things. Don't do drugs. Don't lie. And show up to work. You'll have a job with us for a long time. And I did. And uh, then I worked there probably about a good year. And then they said, you know, if you really want to be a jeweler, you need to know what you're talking about. You need to know talking about diamonds. You need Mm -hmm. to talk about gems. So um, I Cal's Bad, which is in Southern California, and it also has um, GIA, which is the Gemologist Institute of America. And so um, I learned diamonds. I learned sapphires, emeralds, stones, and how to sell it, how to grade it, how to appraise, and I became a jeweler. And did you, I mean, were you always just involved at front of house in terms of selling the jewelry or did you literally make the pieces as well? I did all the above, man. They, they exposed it, me to making it buyer. I was a buyer. I had to, <laughs> I had to ride on a subway with a briefcase <laughs> wow, full of diamonds. Those little black and, pouches. Yeah, I had to, if certain custom jewelry, I had to have a specialist. So I had to sit down and tell them what I needed. And we had people that were in Hollywood. We had people that played uh, sports um, that I just, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this person's walking in the store. And, um, And just things that I've made, like I've made, uh, What's one of the uh, Rolex watch? The guy says, "Hey Ray, are these diamonds in my watch? Do they they look small, huh?" I said, "Yeah, you need bigger. You know, <laughs> you need bigger. Let me tell you what I can do. I can put diamonds not all, around all over the watch and inside the watch. Everything. How much is that going to cost me? Uh, you know what? Let's do this for like a hundred grand. Okay, here's my card. When right. will it be ready? And so that's what I did. Um. I would meet business people who didn't go into the jewelry stores. They wanted a private jeweler. I would go out to the city and meet them. And it's like, Ray, pearls or emeralds from my wife. I said, why don't we do both? We can mix them both up. And so (laughs) I created, it was a pearl necklace, but it had a pear-shaped emerald at the center. And the wife loved it. So, um, yeah, that was that was fun. And then I just I got bored to um, to actually build a reasonable income and lifestyle out of that as a as a career must have been huge for you. It was it was and it was it was fun. And if I could go back in time, I probably start it all over and do it again. It was really great. But I think the best part, though, was educating young people who didn't know about diamonds mm-hmm. and teaching them and picking out their engagement rings. Ew. And it didn't matter if it was, I, I sold two women, two guys, a young couple, a older couple, people of all ages, people of all races and religion, just coming in and teaching them about diamonds with fun. What am I doing? I, oh, okay. Go this way. And yeah, that was, that was fun. What's interesting to me, Ray, is that we can see here already, uh, you know, your interest in broadcasting, um, you know, wanting to be behind the camera, but also the skill that you built in terms of your personable attitude to customers, you know, selling them things, talking Mm -hmm. them through their choices and so on. I mean, this is this leads almost directly to where you are today. 
right. in terms of sitting in front of the camera exactly. and being able to, you know, project your very personable personality. But we kind of we kind of skipped ahead a bit there. I just thought it was interesting to sort of see how these lines all kind of align towards yeah. where we are today. So at this point, you're, uh, you know, you're training to be a, a what's the phrase, gemologist? Yes. A gemologist. Um, and at what sort of age are we talking here now? Oh, God, we're talking uh, 20, 19, 20 years old. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, 1920 was not the year, but the age was when I met my <laughs> wife, uh, which uh, was about 36 years ago, I think, somewhere wow. around there. Um, was, uh, was, was, uh, was Mrs. Ray in your life at this, this time? Well, or? I can see it. Uh, Nicole is my wife, uh -huh. and she is my high school sweetheart. There you go. So when I was, but which high school <laughs> you went to so yeah, many, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did. Um, Encinal high school in Alameda. Alameda is an Island. Pretty much it's, you have to go to a tunnel, like a tube to get to from Oakland to Alameda. It's like a little Island, but it was a Navy. It was pretty much Navy station. It was all Navy okay. ships and we were stationed there. So Nicole, she was born in Oakland, but she went to she lived in Alameda. Uh, she went mad uh, driver's ed class. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and uh, we just we started dating, and she wanted to be a nurse, and she went on to college, did her bachelor's degree and everything, and uh, in nurse science, and she became a, she's a registered nurse. Um, yeah, but but. But I also, but we took a five when she says, hey, college comes first. So we took a break for five years and I, I, I actually met somebody else and we had a daughter. It was just, you know, when you're young and you're dumb. <laughs> and wow, you, this, is, yeah, but this is life, isn't it? And let's yeah. face it, it doesn't matter yeah. where you start or end. Uh, there's no so, plan for it ever. It doesn't no. matter what people say. Nothing's ever planned. No, we just... We hooked up. We were young, but we were, we're st and we're still good friends. And we had a wonderful. Uh, I have a twenty-year-old daughter named Cynthia, mm -hmm. and so um, after our relationship, I was in the jewelry store, and I remember Nicole coming in there, and she's like, "You know, I got a condo. I have my career, but I don't have you." Oh. And so we started dating, and then uh, there you go, and then we got married, and had had my son and that's how i met you know nicole that's, that's lovely and when it, and my daughter and my son are very close and i'm still close with my ex mm -hmm. um you know we're just big you know most important thing is the the kids and family and did uh i mean your daughter is did you say she's 20 now yeah yeah so has she got any, uh, I mean, she's showing any signs of wanting to go into any of your career paths, broadcasting? You know what, or... she, she, she's very quiet, a good girl, never in mm -hmm. trouble. Um, she, she likes writing, and I think what she wants to do is, she wants to write stories and write yeah. books and stuff, and wants to be an author, and um, which is cool, hey. It's very cool. That's do what that. my daughter wants to do. She's she's going to university to study uh, creative writing for that nice. purpose. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Very similar. 
no it's um that's amazing so there's a definite creative side to to the to the Sherrod family although I'm, yes. I'm assuming that's not the the surname that you're um actually she did she kept Sherrod. Did you? okay <laughs> yeah. oh there you go oh, yeah well, she's cool. uh cool. Cynth she's cynthia Sherrod and um I got Evan Sherrod and Nicole. Nicole didn't take my name, though. She won. Oh, right. <laughs> she was bad at you, man. Those yeah, five years, kept... they, they, they had an impact. <laughs> exactly. She kept she kept her name, which is great. I don't care. It's my my my, my kids is my legacy. They got my name. That's um, wow. <laughs> now here's the thing. I I mean everybody knows because it's right there behind you. You're a huge collector of tech and gaming kit and stuff. But um, you've not mentioned so far anything that's kind of remotely tech related. Is that is this just something that happened later in your life, Ray, or have you always been into tech and gaming and so on? Well, when I was young, you know, uh, my my friends had Ataris. And I would go over to their house and play Atari. The only thing I had, like at a very young age, was Space Invaders. I had the battery op. You know, I had a battery-operated football, soccer, uh, Space Invaders, Frogger. I had those. And I would beg. I'm like, Dad, all my friends have Atari. Can I get an Atari? <laughs> and I never got an Atari when I was young. Until later on, I remember my mom. I said, Mom, I really want a Nintendo. Please. You guys <laughs> never got me an Atari, but please give me a Nintendo. And finally, at a Christmas, I got Nintendo, and it changed my life forever. <laughs> and, when, and, and what kind of time frame? Very, maybe, oh my God, let's go back. Probably middle school. Middle okay. school um, is oh, wow. when I got my so, Nintendo. Uh, late 70s, no, early 80s, I guess. Um, well, you know, Nintendo came out like 85. Okay. Remember Rob the robot? <laughs> See, this is the thing because the whole the whole Sega Nintendo Japanese console thing completely missed me. Um, you know, I just it just because I'm that little bit older than you, so right. you know, eighty five, I was outdated, man. <laughs> it was only it was only a year later I met my wife. <laughs> so you know that whole the, the whole period completely went yeah, by me. Brother, this, uh, Nintendo yeah, yeah. completely. Super Mario, um, Duck Hunt, and then I just started collecting Nintendo games. I had nobody had a Nintendo collection like I did, man. I <laughs> I cut grass. I what did I do? I got a working at a grocery store. I was bagging groceries, and it just was, um. But you know, I mean, this this is the thing, isn't it? Because I think it's one thing that's come across. Um, tonight is that you know there is a very strong work ethic. Uh, yeah, you know you, you've you've stated how you know you would uh, you you couldn't do a certain thing, so you went and became, you got into bakery. You know someone offered you an opportunity to become a gem, to become a gemologist. You took you took their hand, you ran with it. So I can see there's a strong there's a strong desire to better yourself here. To you know the, the sort of via work, via sweat and blood. I get that from my <coughs> my mom and dad, man. My mother, mother and father, they taught me that, and that's something I get as well, Ray. Not not so much now because um, we haven't really touched on it yet. But in in previous conversations, I get that family is a very important part of your life. Very, very, very important. Very important. Family, 
always first. Um, and that's the when I worked in the jewelry store, that was there, you know, take care of your family. You know, hey, my, my daughter's sick, my son's sick. Mm-hmm. Hey, go take care of your family first. Um, and that's what I tell people when I was managing other people. And I'm still keep in touch on Facebook, but I had to leave. We had a recession and mm-hmm. and he had to let people go. And I said, you know what? I, it's time for me to try something different. And I, I I left and got into property management. So this was what, post-2008, presumably, after the uh, the big global meltdown. You know it, brother. Uh-huh. He had a meeting. He says, you guys are like family, but I have to keep it real. I can't. I, I just... I, I, he has to get jewelry and he has to sell it and he had to cut back he had to close some stores and it was horrible it was really horrible wow. I, yeah we're still I mean people are still being impacted from that time um, terrible time yeah. but uh, you went into property management which again complete <laughs> 90 degree turn yeah. what yeah. You'd ever, anything that you dump up until this point so what, what was that was that just a chance you know, an opportunity that came up. I'm presuming you didn't sit there and think, hey, I quite fancy getting into property management. I had to get trained and then um, I had to, um, I was an assistant and then I worked my way up to uh, management and then I got some properties that I was in charge of and then they had me train other managers. Uh, and so it, it was, it was tough, but uh I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in and around all of this, all of this change, because, you know, I mean, all humans, are, they're not, we're not lovers of change. We, we don't mind it if we manage it and control it, and it happens right. all the time. But when there's some big changes that like you get in any kind of a recession, you know, it's difficult. Was gaming, a, a, was, it, was it something that you, you sort of had there as a constant, Ray, that kind of got sure through did. all that stuff? Yep, you know? yep. Um, when I had my Nintendo... I went on to Super Nintendo and <laughs> and so on and on. And I had to make sure I got every other console after that, which I still have on here with me. Yeah, I've seen the collection. So, so yeah, I, I think um, Nintendo started my love for consoles. I think that was the thing. I had, um, I had the same business through the, the 2008 recession that I have today. Uh, but it was tough for for all of us, and I think certainly gaming was the one solace that I found in and around all of that. That, and obviously my family, which yeah goes without saying, and I'm, clearly it's the same for you. But um, sort of moving into 2013, 2014, when when Destiny uh, first came out, and that for me in those early years, uh, uh-huh. Destiny, you know, this this was my constant. This was the the place. That I went to switch off. This was, you know, my oasis, as it were. And Cal- I'm assuming, you know, that that's the kind of thing for most of us that, that are into gaming. It's it gives us an escape from it, it does, brother. It does whatever it is in the day that uh, you know we got to do. It it definitely did for me. And when I was younger in school, um, if I had a bad day in school, I could go home, fire up my Nintendo, and then just start playing my games. I got into it with my dad. I could go in my room and, and play with Nintendo. I think my dad, though, he was kind of like, you know, 
too much video games. You need to focus more on school, which he was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But as when you're young, you're like, no, no, I just want a game. I just want a game. But, uh, but yeah, gaming was my like, like playing Zelda. I remember playing Zelda, being lost in the very first Zelda and <laughs> Metroid. Those games is what pretty much did it for me when I was young. There's a definite 80s. There's a definite 80s thing, I think. Anybody that, that kind of grew up in the 80s. Um, and, you know, to a degree, I miss that. I never went to university either. There's two things that I feel in my life I missed out on. One of them was going to university or college. Uh, and the other one was the, the whole Nintendo thing in the 80s. Because yeah. I run out of stuff to talk to people about. <laughs> well, you know, I mean... You got to start somewhere, and, and Nintendo was was there for me, and it was huge. And then through the '90s, it was even it got even uh, got even more crazier with the the Super NES and the Sega Genesis. Mm. Um, those are the first when I got my first place. I didn't even buy furniture. I didn't even buy. <laughs> I bought. I had a TV, and I had a Super Nintendo, and I had my Sega Genesis. It's, um, I remember you telling me, um, because uh, a very good friend of yours, Kevin, um, you, you kind of both got into Xbox around the same time. And Yes. Uh, uh, tell, tell us that story. Kevin introduced me to, actually, what did he introduce? He, I remember the, the Sony PlayStation. And he was telling about Sony, and I was laughing at him. And I was like, "Dude, Sony sells walk like you know radios and TVs and walk DVDs, man. videos, VHSs. You know, videos. Yeah, <laughs> like come on." And I, I said, "It's not going to work. You know, it's always going to be Nintendo and Sega." So he yeah. says, "Come over to the house," and I watched. And I think two days after that, I got Sony PlayStation. And then um, I remember the Xbox came out. And sure enough, again, I got hooked. I got hooked again. <laughs> He's like your uh, tech dealer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he, but I, I returned the favor later on. But we'll get, we'll get back into that. I. But you, so, so you've gone, you've gone right the way through the whole gamut of Nintendos. Uh, you've, you've got yourself into PlayStation. You then migrated into Xbox. I mean, you are in essence, an all-round gamer, aren't you? You've never yes. really been a fanboy, per se. No, and I think I like even to this day, that's the case. No, I like I like them all. Because mm-hmm. I think they all, you know, they all each have their different exclusives and they all bring something to the table. But I like gaming, period. And, and what would you say is the thing about gaming? What, is it the escapism, Ray? Is it the challenge? What, what is it that, that gets you every time? The, the, uh, the whole imaginary worlds <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the sports i love sports games i mean just taking you somewhere i used to get excited about eight big graphics so <laughs> watching polygon square shapes see it seems to me and i think this again goes back to um <clears throat> your, your your desire to want to get into broadcasting i think creating worlds yes um you know so i think it was even there the ability to create make-believe worlds yes and and then to be able to do that in in a gaming fashion definitely a huge 
huge, huge. When I was a little boy, I used to, I, I used to ima- do a lot of imaginary stuff yeah. with my friends and stuff. So to act that out in certain gamings or play that, and then also some of the games, you know, they had your your favorite movies and your TV characters and stuff that you watch was also fun. Playing one of your characters um, and, and act cool sports as well. Oh. You know. Being one of your favorite, if you had a football star yeah, and yeah. picking that team and playing as that football star, yeah, oh man, I know I was the same Ray when I was a kid. I was, you know, I just give me my Star Wars figures or Planet of the Apes, and I just create these worlds for days. I, mean, I would just, they would just have an entire existence, and then, and then to be able to do that in a digital form, I yes. think is is you know one of the major reasons I I've always loved always love gaming so let's let's bring it forward a little bit now you and i were now both playing here on uh, google stadia yes which is no great surprise as the show's called stars of stadia can you remember ray because we're talking we're now just over a year old as a as a platform can you remember the first time that you heard about google stadia yeah i was bored with my xbox (laughs) and my playstation (laughs) and i was looking for something and i was searching um on my computer and i came across something called google stadia and i started reading about it and i said whoa they're getting ready to have this event so you know what i'm gonna watch this event and so i watched the event and i was sold when uh they were talking about how 4k uh, streaming and being able to go from your phone to your TV to your computer to your laptop, I was like hooked. I was hooked, and I remember Cyberpunk. You know, I found out Cyberpunk was coming to the platform, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I could play because I didn't have a powerful PC, and I said, "I, I could play Cyberpunk." on my TV and on my phone, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I sent the money off for my, uh, state. I'm actually a stadia founder. Yeah. And as soon as I plugged it in, it, I'm I'll be honest, there was some, uh, you know, a little slow and latency and stuff, but mm-hmm. I realized that I didn't have the best internet, but it still played good once in a while, you know, the connections would lose. And it wasn't until later I got a better internet connection, but the tech was amazing and it worked and I loved it since day that, one. That must have been disappointing though when, when you've been looking forward to it and then there's a bit of lag. Um, right. And then you're hearing from other people saying, no, no, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, you know, it's your internet. <laughs> exactly. And that's what turned a lot of people off. But I would try and explain to them that people this technology is amazing and it's the future and a lot of people thought i was crazy it's been an amazing journey hasn't it and we're now at this point where it's just going from strength to strength i got we got cyberpunk dn date i um i got fiber internet which i have no issues whatsoever mm-hmm and then I have over a hundred. They used to talk about no games. I have one hundred and fifteen Stadia games. Wow, 
That's virtually the entire library, Ray. Um, were you content creating before you got involved with Stadia? I was streaming um, PlayStation and Xbox, but I didn't have, I would probably have one or two people in the stream. Okay. And, and it just wasn't work. It just, it just wasn't working. And so, so you know what? I'm just going to play my Stadia and enjoy Stadia. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing a lot of other content creators in the community and then just the community. And so I said, you know what? I want to get back to streaming. And I think I'm just going to do Stadia streams. And and then I just I got hooked and I just got very passionate. Yeah. And um, now it's, it's just now it's like I can't stop. It's like a part of me now. It gets under your skin. Mate. It does. It does. It's <laughs> addicting. So you're like me then, in many ways, that Stadia was the uh, the kind of catalyst that got you into the whole content creating. It, it, it did. It made me research, um, you know, how to do a better stream and get advice. I got advice from you and other <laughs> um, streamers and other content creators and what to do and what programs to play and stuff like that. And so I did it and... Um, and it's, it's, it's probably one of the greatest things I've ever did in my life because now it's like my, my hobby that I do mm. every, every week. Um, I have to, if I'm not, if I'm not playing the game, I'm streaming it. And it really has come full circle, hasn't it? Because in essence, this is what you wanted to do when you signed up to that course <clears throat> for broadcasting and, you know, it's a different world back then, of course, and it well, was an expensive I, business I to get the, into. It, I have the best of both worlds because now I'm broadcasting, but I'm also playing games <laughs> and talking with people that love and, and are passion, have the same passion that I do, and that's games and, and streaming. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that that in and of itself is a great story. You know, there's this kid that really wanted to get into broadcasting um, for whatever reason. There were glass ceilings there. Right. Uh, it just wasn't. It just wasn't going to be at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, everybody can be a broadcaster. Everybody with just minimal amount of equipment. Yeah. With no glass ceilings, with complete open uh, avenues for us all. Um, and the great thing, I think, and I think this is to our benefit, Ray, is that we get to interact with somebody with a with a fantastic personality which is yourself uh, and those are things that don't always come across if you know you're if you'd become a producer or a director as you'd hoped we'd never have got to know the ray that we know today no thank you thank you for saying that and i appreciate that um i just got great advice from a lot of mentors in the stadia community and then just watching um people like clive and people like wingy and people Mm -hmm. like eddie and chase uh meg (laughs) i just watch their streams and kind of honestly just not in not trying you know copy or in or anything like that but just learn get, get get some habits and bits and pieces you know get the get the people involved um stream stuff that's not gonna be boring but exciting Mm -hmm. I think I think as well something that um, that I've seen 
there's a side of you, Ray, that again, I don't think many people have, have seen, but I think it's there if people look to, care to look for it. And that is, uh, is a caring side of you. I know that there are um, some streamers that you've taken under your wing. Yes. that you've become a, a mentor to in your own right, in the same yes. way that, that uh, the guy that got you introduced to gemology did for right. you all those years ago. Um, and I think that's a side of you that, and I, it's a side of me as well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an aspect of my life as well that I hugely enjoy. Taking people that may be not quite as fortunate as us, for whatever reason, um, and just giving them a leg up, just just saying, you know, look, look come on, I'll, I'll look after you, I'll look out for you, let me see if I can you know we can uh, you, there's no reason at all and we just said this as a medium has no barriers anybody can do it just looking forward uh we kind of covered the past we've covered the present do you have a bucket list are you one of those people that has this <laughs> list of things that you want to do <laughs> um wow bucket list um that's that's uh let's see my bucket list would definitely do some more traveling with my wife Mm -hmm. she's she's my wife's an rn she's a nurse mm -hmm. she, as you know it's tough right now especially in the medical field and i would love to take her somewhere and relax um and just not have to worry about stressing over a job and having a good long vacation and seeing the world uh, another thing that I would love, my son does have epilepsy, so mm -hmm. he has seizures now and then. I would love to see that eventually go away. My sister, I had a sister, and she had it, mm -hmm. and I, and now she's happily married, and you know, just had a new. I, I think I got a new niece two oh, months ago. Congratulations! So she's she doesn't have her seizures no more. So I hope my son kind of grow it grows out of them yeah but that's something that would i would love to see because i would love to see him get into sports and play soccer and football um it's tough trying to play a sport and then you know how you don't know when you're gonna have a of course it's horrible but um and then also just game on man i want a game till i'm 70 <laughs> I want to be. I want to until I'm 170. <laughs> I just, you know, that's the thing when people find out they're like, "Wait a minute, how old are you?" You know, and it's like people in their 40s and 50s and yeah. 60s. Yeah, yeah. Gaming, it's, it's a part of me. It's a part. I and I, I love just next gen. I love retro too. So. I'll sometimes put down my next gen controller for an old Atari stick controller or, um, you know, play some uh, old uh, Nintendo Atari. Uh, I got a Game Boy. I still have my old Game Boy and play some Tetris or something on it. So because nice. it's game is game. man. It's just enjoying yourself and having fun. And it's a it's a, a hobby that you can take anyway. Hey, I went I went to the doctor and <laughs> I, I had I pulled my phone out. I can play Stadia. <laughs> you know, um, I told my wife when this pandemic is over with and go on vacation. You know, all I got to do is pack up the controller. Yep. My Chromecast and I we can load it up in the hotel and play it. 
absolutely but uh she doesn't share the same interest uh you know you gotta i gotta find like there's some uh uno she loves uno she loves uh monopoly and family feud yeah she was wait a minute there's family feud yes there's family feud on stadia (laughs) um the probably you know the multiplayer fighting games and stuff of course she's not going to be interested in but card games board games it's no different. So, right. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's been absolutely pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for um, the questions and bringing me back to some old memories. Ah, absolute pleasure. I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say you, you sir, are truly a star of Stadia. So, uh, <laughs> stay safe. Keep thank shining. You. Thank and, you, my friend. Uh, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll just we'll fade away as this game kills us both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're going to complete it today. But um, thank you ever so much, my friend. We'll be back for another Stars of Stadia with a surprise guest. And uh, in the meantime, have a great 2021, everybody. Cheers. Thank you very much. You you. take care, my friend.